Hello, this is Kira McPullen, and today I will be talking about females leading females. The importance of women motivating, influencing, and inspiring other women to pursue their dreams, particularly in sports and the athletic community. Not too long ago, as one of my guests today can attest to, women weren't even involved in the conversation around sports, let alone allowed to compete. Women were not seen as athletes, and today it seems females continue to be let out of the narrative, even in 2019. When asked our favorite athlete, most of us will probably name a man, no matter our gender. Young boys look up to basketball, football, and baseball players because of their fame and their athletic excellence. However, young girls rarely have female role models in sports. Most women can probably name a gymnast or a soccer player here and there, or default as as at Serena Williams as the greatest female athlete of all time. However, I'm here today to discuss the importance of young girls and women having a female coach, a coach that looks like and may understand them, and the important role that takes that takes on for the future of women in athletics. My guests today include CJ Maloney and Marge Carl. CJ Maloney is a professor in the School of Education at the University of San Diego the head coach of the award-winning senior women's basketball team, the San Diego Splash, and an influential female leader to many. She teaches the course Character and Athletics and provides students and student-athletes with insight into the importance of personal character development in the realm of athletics. Marge Carl is a team member of the San Diego Splash and is just about to turn 90 years old. The San Diego Splash have been featured on ESPN as well as in People Magazine and are the oldest team under the San Diego Senior Women's Basketball Association. You must be 50, 50 years or older to join the league and 80 years in order, and older in order to join this team specifically. The Splash also received the ANA Inspiration Award at the Inspiring Women in Sports Conference last spring and competed in an ex- exhibition game during halftime of the WNBA, Phoenix Mercury, and New York Liberty game last August. When Marge was a young girl, she was not allowed to participate in sports, nor was it ever an idea in her head, maybe just a fantasy. Even at the age of 67, when Marge joined the Splash, people told her she was crazy to think she could be playing basketball at her age but they had been telling her that her entire life. Now, over 20 years later, Marge has found an amazing community in the sports world. I'm now going to have CJ and Marge introduce themselves and then continue on the conversation about females leading females. Um, So I was thinking that, um, so maybe for you, CJ, um, how did you become the coach for the Splash? Like, how did you end up being the coach for that team? That's a good question. I actually ended up, I was teaching the character and athletics class, and I remember all the students were giving their background in sports and stuff, and I grew up playing a lot of sports too. Mm -hmm. So that night, this was like the first class of the semester when I was first teaching the class, I had a dream that I was in a gym and there were four sets of bleachers. I was in the bleachers and I was looking down. There were four games of three-on-three basketball game going on. I've hardly ever watched three-on-three basketball. I played full court, high school, college, and afterwards. But I'm like, wow, I could do that. Then in one of the games, somebody walked off and they couldn't play anymore. So I came down from the bleachers and I said, hey, I can play. I can play. This is all my dream. So I'm playing three-on-three basketball in my dream. So the next day I woke up 
I got online. I'm like, there's got to be a league that I can look into playing in. And that's when I found this is uh, San Diego Senior Women's Basketball Association. It's Mission Valley YMCA. Oh, and they were cool. just in between seasons. They said, people are welcome to join. Come on down to Open Gym. I stepped into that gym, saw all those people playing. I said, okay, this is where I need to be. Oh, my gosh. So then for two years, I'm playing on it. I played on two different teams, um, Green Flash and then uh, Young at Heart. Now I play on Peace Hoop. And these are Oh, yeah, so you play on a team as well. Yeah. Okay. But two years in, I, everybody used to get to play the Splash team. It was the oldest team in the league. And I just fell in love with them. And I became friends with the woman who was coaching them, Ty Meredith, who was coaching at the time. She had mm -hmm. coached them for like four years. So they had practices on Wednesdays at the Y when I'd be there at open gym, and I would just run from my side over to Splash. Remember, I'd help out with you guys. I loved I just totally fell in love with them. And I remember when I was a kid telling my parents that, you know what, when I'm 82, I'm still going to be playing basketball. Little did I know I was going to be coaching a group of women <laughs> for that age. So at one point, Di became the, the director of the league, and she couldn't manage both at the same time. So she put out an email, anybody want to coach this class? I'm in, I'm in. <laughs> so that's kind of how it all began. And it was really interesting timing for me because just as I began coaching them, my, I'm going to cry now because my father had cancer, and he was, remember that? And he was dying, and he was such an influence in my life because like, like Marge, I was tomboy. Right. Yeah, so as a little kid, my dad taught me every sport there was. I'd throw a bat, throw a ball, throw a spiral. Is it still I working? Think, yeah, it's good. Yeah, you're good. Okay. Don't worry. Swing a bat, throw a ball, throw Aww. a spiral. You know, sports, everything. He was just like my hero, my idol. So somehow it all seemed like meant to be that I was coaching them as he was leaving. I told him the story and showed him some pictures, and he was just like, this is so you, you know. And my sister, she's actually, she's a year older than me. She's a cross-country coach, so she's into the same kinds of things. Okay. And I was also coaching a younger team, um, JV girls, high school. So it was just kind of interesting, that paradox. You know, young girls yeah. just getting started, some with no skills. Mm -hmm. And then these remarkable women, these trailblazers who continue to blow my mind four years later, just every, I mean, I'll let her take it from there as far as like what Splash has done and accomplished. Yeah. It is really mind blowing and they've really set the tone for the rest of us. Like for you, probably, you know, it was never a question. Okay, sports are out there. I can do what I want. Nobody was holding you back. Yeah. For me, even as a kid, when I was like 12 years old, I remember my brother was going out for the for Little League. So I was at the park hitting them ground balls. <laughs> like I wanted to play baseball. I wanted to be a baseball pitcher. I used to practice pitching all the time because my dad really worked with me on that, you know. Mm -hmm. And there was a coach there watching my brother and watching me, and he said, hey, why don't you go out for the team? And I knew. I said, no, girls aren't allowed. And what's really weird is, like, back then, I just kind of took it for granted. Oh, yeah, girls aren't allowed. We're not yeah. allowed to play baseball. The very next year, and I swear it's because this coach said something, that's when girls were allowed to play in Little League. But then I was 13, and it was too old oh, to come off age of 12, so it's kind of bittersweet. Because yeah. I do feel like I miss my calling. I was supposed to be a pitcher. <laughs> <laughs> but I ended up playing softball, and I tried to pitch underhand, and I sucked at that. Softball. I couldn't do it. I just couldn't get that underhand thing. Tried and tried. So... 
But oh. rowing, I used to do some rowing really? as a kid too, because we oh. had a little sailboat, and my brother and I were terrible sailors. So we would sail out, we'd start to jive back into shore, inevitably, <coughs> and just take the sail down and, and throw it back. In. So I became very good rower. <laughs> oh, interesting. That's really cool. And I still row when I go home. I'm boats and stuff like that so I think that's something I'll do till I'm March's age and she's going to be hitting 90 any month now. It's incredible. It is, isn't it <laughs> crazy? Not like 90. And I'm going to um, jump out of an airplane now. Skydiving? That's going to be her 90th birthday. Oh my gosh. Isn't that's that cool? So, I, we were, me and my teammates were just talking about how like that's great. Like it's so scary but it's something we really want to do. I definitely want to do that. I think I'll wait till I'm 90 also. <laughs> <laughs> So Marge, um, how did you get introduced to the Slash um, and how it became like how an integral part well, of the team? I was chairing a survivors of suicide group and one of the gals wanted to leave early. Jen Kessler, one of the, f the first director of uh, Senior Woman Basketball, she says, I play basketball on Tuesday nights. And I said, gee, I haven't played basketball in so long. I'd mm -hmm. like to do it. And that was 24 years ago. Oh my gosh. And how many gold medals, bronze and silver since? They have yeah. won so many medals. Yeah. We, we're going to be playing against 18, 80 year olds. Eight teams are going to be. Yeah, we're going to Nationals, New Mexico in June. <laughs> we were there in Alabama in 2017 four playing Nationals. There were only four teams, well, three that we oh. competed against. Four us. But now there's going to be seven other teams. Oh my gosh, yeah. that's But incredible. they're going to be playing down because most of the other teams are young 80s. And oh, there, yeah. Yeah, because of Joanne Jansen and daughter. Well, but there are no other teams that are your age. No, they're all eighty-five. It's just going to be an honor that we're there and we're still participating, whether they give us a medal or not. That's that's not important. Yeah, I mean, I think the important part is you guys are out there competing. Yeah, because yeah. Gracie is the oldest and she's ninety-three, and she Crazy. has a hook shot. Money in the bank, I call it. I feed her as much as possible. <laughs> they're, they're unstoppable. It blows my mind every, every time I watch I remember them. I was watching the video, like you guys said, you play to win, so yeah. that's all that matters. Just try. <laughs> Tell them about the experience, our road trip to, uh, to Arizona to play the... Yeah, we went uh, over to uh, Phoenix. We were invited to play at halftime for the Phoenix Mercury team. And we went over on a Saturday and we were there Sunday, we did a lot of walking because <laughs> we not only got a tour of the stadium, but we had to do some signing. We had pictures, we had a sign for the young fans. Mm -hmm. That was That's about cool. 45 minutes, we did that. Then we did a warm-up session and she explained how everything was gonna be. And then we, uh, they played our tape and then we came out, there were six of us. Oh. And we played each other. Oh, and, okay. Uh, and then after the games were over, we were invited back for Q and A. The people that were still sitting there were asking us questions. It was a Q and A. Oh. We went to the locker room. We met all the so professional women WNBA players. Yeah. Brittany, we can send you some pictures. Brittany Brainer, seven foot one. Oh my <laughs> We have a picture of her with Gracie under her arm, practically. <laughs> It's crazy because, I mean, like, those women are incredible and, like, you never really hear about them. Um, they don't well, get... Well, the manager of the Phoenix Mercury is Ann Maya Drysdale, who was the first woman drafted into the NBA. That's before a woman 
were playing professional. So she band. played men's basketball oh, before okay. she yeah. played women's. Wow. Yeah, she's she's a story in herself. She really is. Do you have you heard of her? No. Definitely yeah. encourage you to look her up. What's and if you name? need someone else to interview, she's always up for that. Yeah. Oh, wow. She could do a phone interview with you or something. Amazing story. Yeah. Okay. What was her name? Annie Myers tries to. And she wrote a book. I think it's called. I have Throw like a girl. I have or a copy. Like you that. have a copy. Yeah. Of it. Yeah. Wasn't that what it's called? Throw like a girl. Yeah. Something like she's that. one of ten children, and they yeah. all got athletic scholarships in basketball, baseball, or football. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. Some parents. Yeah. Some parents. <laughs> Some genes. Yeah. <laughs> trip to Phoenix was just. So great. It she is, is just, so gracious. I just love her. I think for me, what was so profound, because I do see them as pioneers, every time I see them, it's just like I can feel that love, feel the history, the road that they've paved for the rest of us to yeah. just play freely. So here we are at a WNBA game, these women who have the opportunity to play pro, yeah. to stand with 10,000 people, and their splash and never had an opportunity yeah. to play pro, playing on that court with that crowd. Right. And then there was some more irony in there from Nina, who's one of the splash players. She had yes. just had heart surgery, valve replacement, and she's in they great went shape. The leg. Went through the leg because she's an athlete. Yeah. So, but I mean, a week later she was playing again and That's it was crazy. unreal. And you probably, I mean, everybody's got this stereotype that when an old person falls, like, oh my God, they're gonna break a head, they're gonna right. die. Well, my biggest fear on the court, while there are you know, 10,000 people watching, they're playing three on three, nine, it goes down. And I'm thinking, oh my God, did this, did this really happen? I walk over to her, I just look at her, I say, are you okay? She says, yeah, I'm fine, I'm good. <laughs> and she so pops back up, and the crowd goes wild, Amazing. and another stereotype is broken. Yes, yeah. so you know, cool. yeah. It was so powerful for yeah. all of us, she because we all got a little, because yeah. even in our league, we have 18 teams in our league, 140 women any given Sunday playing, and people are going down, it's a compact right. sport. Yeah. You know, so oh yeah, I remember playing basketball. It's, it is. It's I rough. had a huge black eye at one yeah, point. Hair pulls, <laughs> you know, everything. It's awful. They dislocate shoulders or they break it. <laughs> and we still have to, they have to stop it. The ref has to call and stop it for rough play with all these old ladies. And the women take it seriously. <laughs> oh, I believe it. that's a cool thing. Like if you do get an opportunity to go to the Mission Valley Y on some Sunday, it's amazing to Yeah, watch. I definitely want to come. Do you guys have a game this weekend? This weekend Not this we weekend, play. next weekend. Okay, maybe I'll come to that one. No, we are playing this weekend. Not this Sunday. Sunday. Not this Sunday. R2, R2, one o'clock. Oh, yes, you are. Right. <laughs> I forgot, it's two weeks we've had off. Right, we already had a two weeks off. So we have a game Easter and we had Sunday off. Oh. So one o'clock on Sunday, we Thank are you. playing. But what I was going to say is that <laughs> a lot of times the, the, the refs and the scorekeepers are all these young guys. So cool how respectful they are. They are of us, yeah. and how it's changed them. Stereotype right. is broken. Here's one thing that happened one day at practice. Before us, a bunch of young guys play. All these cool guys who are so good, like pro level, once a semi-pro player. And this one guy who looks a little like LeBron James comes walking out afterwards while we're having a little meeting in the hallway with Splash. And we're kind of blocking the way. And one of the Splash members, Meg, who we want to talk about afterwards, because she's one of the founding members, who we just lost, just died 11 months ago. 
she's feisty and she was there standing in the hallway and she said something to him well don't let these old ladies stand in your way and this guy looks right at all of us and says see any old ladies here I just see basketball players and it was such a profound moment because he was so sincere because he'd been watching them play for years you know same routine as them come in with the bags drop the stuff stretch out same thing so it's like that love of the game the way it transcends all these stereotypes Mm -hmm. you know you know gender race anything it's like that love of the game is such a bonding thing yeah do you think that it's important for women to be coached or influenced by other women like how have you have you had experiences with female coaches that you think it's a powerful experience to just like start a movement or break a stereotype and that like women are able to be leaders in sports Absolutely. It's still something that's evolving, obviously, because there's still so many men that are dominating that field. And men are coaching women, but women aren't coaching men. But that's slowly shifting. And it's the same dichotomy as with politics. You're going to have a progressive group of people who are on board with that shift, but ultimately there's going to be that other group, the naysayers, that want it to stay away that it was. Right. And they're more comfortable with that. So I think the dialogue that's important to have is talk, you know, authentically to those people that don't feel that it should happen and ask them why and how they can help facilitate it. And I, I've seen it shift because some of these men have daughters now. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they want to see their daughters in this position. I mean, even, um, remember when Greg Camarillo spoke in class? I noticed something that he said when he talked to, he's got the two daughters. I don't think you met him, maybe one time, but he's an ex-football player and he works here in the athletic department and he has two daughters and two semesters ago, somebody asked him if his kids wanted to play football, given, you know, with the CTE and everything, would he want them to play? He says, well, I have daughters. Two semesters later, he says, well, if my girls wanted to play, So I feel people like him, he's a really evolved person. He's a young man. And he still kind of clings to those stereotypes only because it's his norm. Right. Not because he's a bad person. Things shift. Same as when I wanted to play Little League and that coach saw me. There are some other coaches who said, oh, we don't want girls out there. But I, I feel deep in my soul that if we extract the hatred and the animosity about it and bring it to the table with a conversation where it's about love of the game. Right. Mm-hmm. That's where it's going to shift. Start at that point. And mm-hmm. I do see that happening over the years. Yeah. Absolutely. More women in not those roles. And that's why we should talk about Meg. Now Meg was one of the founding members of SWBA. She was a PE teacher. Okay. So yeah. she was way back in the day, because she was 93 when she died. And she was just born to be seen and heard and to make a splash. And like Marge here, who's a diehard feminist, who's out there doing the marches and everybody's done the marches together. Yeah. Let's, in such a way where she's not alienating right. people that this is, to them, that they're that dogmatic. It's not that they're bad people. It's just that's reality to them. It's like, right. Women should do this, men should do this. But we see that shifting with your generation. I think it's a lot about exposure as well, just like being exposed to people and like having dialogue with people who, like you, like who are a feminist or want equality and just like people who don't necessarily don't understand each other, just having that conversation. 
really important. And make it a civil dialogue. Exactly. Which, unfortunately, I feel the tone in our country right now is so abusive. Yeah. So it makes it yeah, more difficult. <laughs> but maybe, you know, that silver lining, it gives us that opportunity to break through. It's like, okay, do we want to maintain that abuse and alienate and divide, or do we want to have this open discourse? Right. You know? Yeah. Um, so, Marge, after the team featured on ESPN, you guys were sponsored by Miracle Whip, um, CJ told us, and that money went to scholarships for young women no. to play basketball? No. No, I, uh, in high school... Wait a minute, I don't know if you heard the question. The Miracle Whip sponsorship. Oh, Miracle Whip, okay. <laughs> and she was talking about how the money from the Miracle Whip sponsorship went to up. the young girls for the yeah. scholarships. Yeah, so that's part of the for game. our campusship program, which is probably listed on oh, there. Okay. About our campusship program, that's giving back. Yeah. Uh, a one week of going to a, a camp to learn better mm -hmm. skills that they might want an athletic scholarship. Yeah. Actually, 12 of them are here at Cindy Fisher's camp. She does a camp oh, okay. every summer. Yeah. You know who she is, the head coach for the women's basketball team? Yes, yeah. So a lot of the girls get the scholarship to go here just because it's so close. Right. Yeah. Um, so obviously, like, your That's important team... to me because that's giving back. Right, that's and back. what do you think the importance of young girls being on a team and experiencing sports I, is? Well, it, I think it exposes you to teamwork, but also uh, competitiveness. Right. To be competitive. Mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's what it does. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever go to a sports camp as a kid? No. I, in high school, this was during World War II, they brought all these teachers out of retirement because a lot of the teachers were young, their husbands went in service, and they had to take out of their husband. So we had a lot of these really Victorian women, like my mother. But my mother let me go. She let me do whatever I wanted. But these women with four square basketball, which is not a game at all. You're standing there like a potted plant. I had no interest in the game whatsoever. <laughs> I, I just want to dribble down the court. Right. You know? <laughs> and my point always was, outside they're playing field hockey. And I don't want anybody chasing me with a stick. I just want to dribble the court. Yeah. Yeah. This is our rules, and that's what you had to do. I liked volleyball and swimming in high school. Okay. And then I had to go to work, tell my parents. So my pastor, he played basketball in seminary. And he had a basketball court below the sanctuary. Okay. This was a Dutch Reform wow. Church in Queens Village. And he wanted a boys team and a girls band. I was working, I was working in the city, but he wanted me to help with the teenage girls so they wouldn't get in trouble. <laughs> there was a couple of us, you know. And we played full court, and I really loved the game. Oh. That was my introduction to basketball, really full cool. court. And I was working, it was a great stress reliever, you know, we got to yeah. run, run. And oh. she still has that New York in her. You get her on that court. <laughs> well, she getting on subway over there. I almost, yeah, getting on subway. Let me out. She'll get right in their face on defense and like, ah, she'll yell. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> it scares people. It works. It's very effective. Yeah. And yeah, my mom always it kind like, of, oh, you're so aggressive out there. I was like, well. You got to do it. Right? Yeah. yeah. But I think it's, 
Yeah, I, I mean, like, and you said you took it for granted that women or girls weren't allowed to play, but I always took it for granted that I was allowed to play, and I had all these opportunities. Mm-hmm. Like, I played soccer and basketball, volleyball. No, we didn't have that. Yeah. Back in the Depression days, we didn't. Yeah. We had a sawed-off broomstick and a rubber ball. We played baseball, basically, mm-hmm. and you didn't dare hit a a fly ball because what's the ball was lost and the game was right. <laughs> so he held grounders. That's what <laughs> grounders. Yeah, wow. I was very active, yeah. and like I said, my mother let me go, let me go play yeah. whatever I wanted to do. It's yeah. really cool. You found a way to be involved in sports when like yeah. there weren't always she opportunities. Wasn't allowed. She wasn't allowed. A woman didn't do that. Uh, First lady Mrs. Hoover thought it was unladylike for women to sweat. Yeah. Sweat. Oh. She obviously was never in the labor room. <laughs> You're gonna sweat. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but, but my then, generation was a little different because you know yeah. I was like post Title Nine. Title right. Nine was when I was in school, so I played. You know, we did have opportunities to play softball. I played softball and basketball both in high school and college. So there, there were organized sports then, but I was on the cusp of it just with that, right. with the little league and yeah. everything. So you mm. can see how much it's changed in that trajectory. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. open. Yeah. I went to the 40th anniversary of Title IX up in Oceanside and this woman spoke. She played basketball in college, but they didn't have a woman's basketball team. She had to play with the men. Oh my God. And the coach, the write-off you will never get in the game and she said today that very same coach is coaching my daughter's team <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> she said isn't that wonderful <laughs> i never forgot that i thought what? poetic justice yeah <laughs> she's coaching my daughter's team <laughs> yeah yeah that's the way it was i have like three minutes yeah no worries um yeah, that's kind of all I, I yeah, right. yeah, it was a really good, thank you guys so much. And if you need any um, more, we, we can send you, we can do that practice on Wednesday, we'll do a quick recording with the team and send it to you if you want. <laughs> yeah, Because they you. love, I mean, it's like their goal, and I help manage them, is to like educate yeah. exactly on what you're talking yeah. about for opportunities for women to play. Yeah. Do you, have you heard of the She Is Challenge? Write that one down too. Okay. Look online because I feel like the advent of social media, that's really what has given that awareness for women's sports, including Splash, because that video, 22 million people viewed globally yeah. and comments from everybody, that's what it takes to get yeah, it out there. Definitely. I met some young women from around the world who never had basketball because of that five minutes. Oh, at the ESPNW yeah. Summit that yeah. they went to. And they wanted to shake my hand, and I said, I don't shake hands, I hug. Uh-huh. <laughs> See, and that's an important that thing, That was over too. 20 young women there. There are still so many women on this planet that don't have the opportunity. Right. The U.S. has changed, right. but how do we expand them? We have to break down those walls. Yeah. You know, they don't have school, they don't yeah. have any sports. So. And there's so many powerful programs out there that are making a difference yeah. and heightening that awareness. Yeah. Yeah, like you guys are too. And breaking through the stereotypes, that's what you have to do. So you yeah. hear someone that looks like LeBron James say, hey, you know. <laughs> yeah. Wow. The game. Thank you guys so much. I really yeah, appreciate thanks. it. Yeah.